GM, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the latest episode of The Bigger Picture. We took a bit of a break last week, but that's actually very in line with the topic that we're going to talk about today. Today, we're going to be talking about overcoming creative blocks through rest and play. I know for me, this has been a big topic that I've been thinking about, uh, a way that I've been looking at my creative process over the last couple months. I've been trying to not necessarily force myself to be so productive and be putting things out all the time. I've taken a bit of a break from social media and I'm just looking into different ways that I can, kind of like we've been talking about over the last few episodes, figure out how I can more effortlessly and naturally create. And I think that in my experience lately, resting and playing and self-reflecting and, and taking a step back has been really helpful with any creative blocks I've been having. So yeah, Julia, I guess, how how do you deal with creative blocks and what, is, what does rest and play mean for you? Like we can just kind of get into it. Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about this for the last few weeks and months and yeah, it's probably even the, the last year, like even talking to you about it and just noticing how my motivation for the things I want to do kind of comes and goes and like I I really yeah kind of reflect on what are the things that I want to do and what motivates me and like obviously there's always those tasks that you kind of have to get done to keep everything rolling from like from like for me like my for my business um uh side of things just like answering emails and yeah, uh, writing scripts for like f- future projects and films and like I, I, yeah, I, honestly, to be very transparent, I've been kind of struggling with it because I feel like there's so many things that you want to work on from like your relationships, your career, your passions, like taking care of yourself and like you want to do all those things, but it's kind of difficult to put energy into all these different aspects that you want to improve in your life and then you just kind of get overwhelmed and then you feel demotivated and I've been kind of um yeah going through these cycles of like my anxiety getting worse again because I feel like I'm not being productive and then that kind of fuels the anxiety and it's been difficult for me and I've been starting to kind of start building more like a routine again and like figuring out what what does help me like um you know I, I feel like every day is also kind of different because some days I feel like I want to be with friends and then that helps me and then other days I'm like I want I need to go to the gym I need to um do a meditation and other days I'm just like okay I'm, I'm just gonna get some work done today so I feel better about it so it really is fluctuating every day and to be honest, I haven't really found out the, the formula, what works best for me, but I'm just realizing how important it is to just have patience with yourself. I think that's always something that I go back to. Um, and, you know, like there is no rush for me to go anywhere. Um, and I want to do it at my pace and the way that I'm comfortable. And, um, yeah, I feel like there's there's always this pressure that you have to be productive, you have to be doing something. And like, I really don't think that is the point of living your life because at the end of the day, you like for me, the 
the thing that motivates me the most is just becoming a better version of myself and developing myself every day to the best extent that I can. And some days I'm just, you know, I want to lay in bed and, and watch Netflix. And other days I'm like actively working on things. So I think there's never really like a 50-50% a thing of like having that balance. And I know that we talk about balance a lot. And um, I really love your thoughts um, on the, the whole balance thing that you've been telling me about. And I would love for you to to go into depth about that as well and just how you, you've been dealing with all, all of this, like, yeah, overcoming those blocks and how you managed to, I guess, not drown in all this overwhelming stuff. Yeah, I mean, thanks for sharing that. That sounds like a lot. I know that you've been, been going through a lot, especially with the anxiety lately, and I'm sorry to hear that. And I, I know for me, I was kind of going through something similar. I don't know if it was like anxiety as much, like that was a part of it, but it was also just a feeling of overwhelmingness, which we've talked about before and how, yeah, I feel the same way that there's this pressure to be productive all the time. And that's kind of what society wants. And I, I mean, it's also what I want because it's, it's what progresses my life more, you know, it keeps, keeps me moving forward. And that continuous moving forward feels so satisfying and it feels like that's how I become the best version of myself. And I like the way that you put that. So I think what I've been realizing though is the best version of myself is not being productive all the time. Or I need to at least reframe how I've been looking at productivity and what it means to be productive. Like if I am going to exercise or do yoga, that's productive. Lately, it's been one of the best and most productive things I can do because at that point, I'm not necessarily doing something as much as I am just being. It's a way to reconnect my mind and my body and, and bring some of that balance back. And on that note too, I kind of had a, a realization a couple of weeks ago now where I was feeling just so overwhelmed. And we talked about how I like to just write stuff down. And I had that one day where I just kind of brain dumped and put out all of my ideas on the paper and how I found that really helpful. So I've been thinking about writing and how writing down my thoughts and reflecting and journaling can be really helpful for not just getting the thoughts out there to get rid of that feeling of being overwhelmed, but also to provide me with an opportunity to improve every day, to be that best version of myself by looking back at what yesterday's version of me was and trying to figure out, okay, this worked yesterday or this didn't work yesterday. Now that I have this information, I am more informed with how I can move forward today in a way that does bring about better balance. So what I found is that by doing this for almost two weeks straight, I would do yoga in the evening and use that to kind of reconnect my mind and body. And then I would just immediately get this urge to sit down and journal. And I just started writing about my feelings, my thoughts, where I wanted to go, why I was feeling the way that I was. And often I didn't necessarily have an answer, but that was okay. I didn't need to come up with an answer. The fact that I was able to just write this down in a reflective format and come up with the question in the first place meant that the next day I could keep reflecting on that question and start to introduce these little things throughout my day that made me feel more 
uh, life productive, like for my health or for my mind or for my relationships, not necessarily for my creativity or for my work. And I think recognizing those different elements had a big impact on how I began viewing the way that I was spending my time. So on your comment on balance, this is something that I've been looking into a lot. I was reading the book, The One Thing, which has been really helpful and I highly recommend it. And he was talking about how balance is actually an illusion. And it's not really something that people should strive for, even though it's something that everyone does strive for. Everyone talks about work-life balance, but what, what does that mean? Like that's, that's going to be different for every single person. And there are so many different ways that that's going to change every single day. So trying to find that exact middle point is actually kind of to what you were saying about wants and being productive and going for that want by wanting to find balance and never finding it, then you end up with this gap in where you want to be and where you are. And that can leave, lead to a really strong sense of dissatisfaction. So instead, what he was talking about is that we should look at things as being in a constant state of counterbalancing. So if you can think of balance as the midpoint between two extremes, if you're actually just standing right on the middle, that's kind of boring. Like you're not really going anywhere. There's no movement. You're just stationary and stagnant. But if you start moving to one side or the other of the scale, the scale starts to tip a little bit. And all of a sudden you get some motion and some movement and some excitement. And the further you go along that scale, the more intense and large the movement becomes and the more exciting it is. The problem is that if we don't find the point that we need to start moving back the other way, then we end up getting it just completely unbalanced and the whole thing falls apart. So what can be really helpful is to recognize that <laughs> kind of what came to mind is work hard, play hard. And by doing that, by playing really hard or like resting really hard, even though that sounds strange, or doing life productive things really hard, then when you go back to the other side and do work and balance it out or counterbalance it, you end up being in this constant state of stability, but you're still pursuing the extremes that allow you to live life in a very fulfilling and satisfying way. Yeah, honestly, I, I really love that concept and I think you articulate that so, so, um, yeah, perfectly. And I think um, just going back to what you said about writing stuff down and how that helps you like i think that's such a good practice and i think it's such a um underrated thing that we should be doing just like journaling or doesn't even have to be a lot sometimes it can even just be a phrase or something that you are thinking or something you're feeling and then you can kind of look at it on this piece of paper and really examine like what is this feeling or what is it that I'm struggling with? And like sometimes you, as you said, you, I feel like we're we're conditioned to always wanting to find the answer to our problems immediately. But as you said, like it's not that simple. And I think what I found um, really helpful is to just allow myself that just taking one step at a time and just you know doing the best that I can and I think that's exactly what you said um like it it really plays into this 
um, balance thing where you like I I imagine I'm I'm thinking of like a, a tightrope where you're balancing and you kind of have to take one step at a time and you know take it really uh, slowly so you don't fall off the rope and I think just um, you know it's it can be super wobbly and as you said like there's this um, this back and forth of of playing and working and that it's important that you know there's gonna be times in your life where you're going to be working more and then you just have to recognize okay I went too much into this direction so let's kind of um, as you said like counterbalance it and go into the other direction and I think when you when you're more aware of it um, and more mindful of it you probably become uh, like an expert at that like just really getting to know yourself and your needs and I think it's different for everyone because Obviously, everyone is in a different circumstance, um, but I think that concept can be applied to every lifestyle. And I think that's such a great way of um, looking at things. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I really like the the tightrope analogy that you said there, too, because you're right. It's You could just stand there on the tightrope and probably find your balance and have no problem because you're just standing in this single spot and not going anywhere. But if you need to take that step forward and keep moving along the rope, all of a sudden you need to be counterbalancing a lot more and introducing a lot more stability. I think that by taking those steps forward, we are always going to be introducing instability into our lives. And we're always going to be in this pursuit of finding that stability if we want to keep moving forward. I think that as creative people, that's really important too, because we're always looking for the next way to improve our self-expression through art and through our life. And not to say that that only applies to creative people, but that's where we start to get into the topic of the creative block. And I think that you're right. We are kind of conditioned to find the answers immediately. And I think what happens is when we don't find those answers right away, that introduces that un instability that lack of feeling of balance because we all of a sudden become aware of the fact that we are not in balance or stabilized right now. And that that feeling of uncertainty and unknowingness and not sure which direction to take that next step, that can be really scary and confusing and demoralizing. So I think that it's kind of what we've been trying to get at with the, the creative block. And in this book that I was reading lately uh, called The Second Brain, it was talking about how creative blocks actually come from a good creative person not having enough raw material to work with to know what they want to do next. And I thought that that was a really interesting element to consider because that's, that is how I feel when I have a creative block. I, I don't exactly know where I want to go, but I have all these things that I want to do. And all of a sudden, all of these things that I want to do make the block even worse. And I think what I've been trying to look at, for back to your point on journaling and, and being more mindful, is that by taking a step back and reflecting and journaling and writing things down, I'm giving myself more raw material on who I am and what I'm looking to do. And that material then ends up kind of helping me figure out the direction that I want to go next. 
Yeah, that's that's super interesting. And um, I think on the point of having like creative blocks, I think for me personally, often that is uh, linked to like having imposter syndrome and just feeling like what you're doing is either not good enough or what you're doing in general is not enough. And um, I, I just had this this conversation actually with a with a friend of mine where we were talking about like there's always going to be people that are better at you, uh, better at you, <laughs> better at what you do. And there's always going to be people who are more talented. But I think especially as a creative, the one thing that only you can bring to the table is your own unique vision and the way that you approach things creatively. And yeah, we were, we were just kind of talking about how important it is to approach everything that you do creatively from that perspective of this is my unique way of doing things and that is enough and that I feel like that really helped me to overcome this block that I have sometimes of feeling like I'm not good enough or someone else is doing way more things or better things and and it's just like there's I I, I feel like with this analogy like you just realize you just have to do things in your way and the way that feel right to you because that's like just going at your own pace I guess kind of also going back to like taking one step at a time for everyone that's gonna look differently and that's okay and I think it's so important to talk about these things and just yeah I feel like it's like we we always see all these highlights we always see the end results but we never really see the process and like all the ups and downs and like the the hardships and the struggles and I think that's why it's super important to have these conversations where where you realize like even the best person or the most famous or most successful person in your field or the thing that you want to be doing like even that person went through stages where they felt imposter syndrome where they felt like they were not good enough but what they did is they always kept showing up and they just you know kept going and I think that's so so motivating when you hear that someone you're looking up to went through a hard time but they overcome it um so yeah absolutely i think this is why people love the concept of the hero's journey where it's it, as a super brief overview it's this cycle of being in this state of being comfortable being uh, happy being content and then all of a sudden the hero is put into this place of uncertainty and adventure and confusion and the hero's journey is this story about how they work through that confusion and that unknown making friends along the way and learning new skills to the point where they have some kind of epiphany or knowledge gain or ego death and then they go back to normal life and they are able to share what they have learned on this journey and like we've talked about before story i think plays a huge role in how we view the world and we look to other people who have gone through these journeys to try and figure out how we can go through our own journeys but if we only look at the end result and we only look at the highlights that they've shown us then we've missed out on all of the learning aspect of it like seeing that you're at the top of the mountain that's cool but what we want to know is how do we get up there too how do we follow a path or 
use your paths as inspiration to then create my own path. And I think that if we get too caught up in what other people are doing and seeing the end result instead of considering the journey, then that's really when we start to get into that imposter syndrome that you mentioned. And we start to feel like we're not good enough because we don't see all the work that went into the process. I think for me, just back to, to journaling and reflecting, when we have these creative blocks, I think some of it can come from insecurity and from imposter syndrome, where we think that we're not good enough, like you were saying. And when we are faced with that block and we get that feeling of discomfort, that can be really scary. And that can kind of, I think, knock us into a spiral of imposter syndrome and lack of confidence. But if I take the time to journal and to reflect and to write down what's on my mind, that kind of forces me to be more aware of where I'm at in that moment on my own terms, instead of when something in life uh, causes me to feel unstable or imbalanced. So by kind of putting myself in a situation where I can approach my own thoughts and come to my own conclusions and just be aware of where I am now, then I'm better able to handle whatever problems life tosses at me, the, the unpredictable things that drop me into a new hero's journey. Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I that kind of makes me think of how we always look at the outside, um, like the external world for, for like answers. And um, like, yeah, I guess that's also kind of the source to why we have this imposter syndrome or we feel like we're not good enough because we're looking at everybody else's story instead of focusing on where am I on my journey, which at the end of the day is the most important question because, um, yeah, it's like, what is my next step? Like, what do I want to do? Like, what makes me happy? And I really love that you use this mountain an analogy of like, you see someone standing on the peak, but you don't know how they got there or you want to know how you can get there. And yeah, I, I think that's that's such a great way to put it. And yeah, I think uh, where, where you were talking about like journaling, kind of reflecting on where you're at. And I think, you know, even though you might not feel like if I'm going to reflect on this, I'm not going to be moving forward. But I think you kind of lay the foundation of what is my next step and then you take the next step and i i think that's that's a really really great way to to put it and yeah also with like creating your own path and like not being scared of failing because i feel like that's also one thing that often holds me back where i'm like um yeah i guess it, again it's like this this external perspective like if i'm gonna fail like everybody thinks that I'm not good or whatever. And then again, we're putting all this energy on the outside instead of taking that energy and, you know, focusing on focusing it on yourself. And I think that's also one thing that I'm currently kind of going through um, where, where especially as someone who overthinks a lot, like often it's like because I think of, oh, what is this person going to think and what is this outcome going to be or whatever and you lose so much energy by doing that. And I really am trying to shift my perspective. And I know that it's not going to happen in like one day or like one um, meditation or mindful session that I'm going to do. 
but it's really again like just yeah kind of starting to build this foundation so i can take the next step yeah i love that that was that was well said i think what you're touching on with looking to the external world is such a huge issue that a lot of people don't really think about because it's kind of become second nature to just go on social media and look at what a thousand other people are doing or even at your life and your job or with everyone else that you run into on a daily basis we're exposed to so much information i think the, the stat I, I don't know the exact number but it's something like the amount of information that we consume in one day is more information than someone in the 1500s consumed in their entire lifetime and to me that's always been a really wild statistic and when you think about it human physiology like the human body the human brain it, it has not evolved really in the last 500 years and we're still trying to jam as much information or so much more information into this tiny little brain that is only able to handle the amount of information like it could 500 years ago so i think that there's no wonder why everyone is or not everyone at least me and hearing you overthinking about things and feeling impatient to be productive and looking at everyone else on their mountain and wanting to get there so quickly i think that the impatience kind of kickstarts this overthinking because i'm trying to think how can i get there so faster i want to get there faster but the what i have found really interesting over the last couple of weeks is that to get there faster actually requires perhaps taking no steps at all. Maybe I need to just rest and just be. And that kind of recovery and rejuvenation of energy ends up being the most productive thing I could possibly have done. And that's kind of a, a counterintuitive thought. And what comes to mind for me is the concept of ebb and flow. And it's just it's a phrase that I've always really loved. Like it, it goes forward and it comes back kind of like the tides of the ocean and the phases of the moon where it's always going through this cycle of renewal but the moon goes from being full to new it goes from being completely there to completely not there and the tides go in and they come out and there's just always this uh, this balance but a balance that is a constant state of motion and I think if we take the time to view rest as being productive and kind of this uh i don't know how to phrase it exactly like this false sense of motion it it ends up creating the this semblance like the illusion of productivity in our own mind and by viewing it that way i'm able to actually get more done when i want to be productive so by taking a step back and, and resting that actually is a step right where even though we're it's it's a step back it ends up being many steps forward or it by taking a step back it helps us to take the next three or four steps forward instead of just one step forward one step back and getting caught in this constant loop of feeling like we're being productive but that we're not being productive enough yeah yeah i i really love that i love what you said about like you always want to get somewhere faster but by realizing that if you're gonna rest you might even get to the point where you want to be faster because you're gonna have more energy you're gonna have like a clear path for the next couple of steps that you want to take and also just viewing resting as something productive that we do I think that's also 
such a great um, way to put it because I feel like that's always something that is just not being mentioned. It's it's the the whole focus is always on just work, 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 and you'll get there. But no one talks about what about resting? What about you know having time for yourself? And I think it's it's really. Um, yeah, with what I was saying at the beginning, like there's so many things that we want to work on and you're just going to go through phases where there, where you will have different priorities in your life. And maybe it's like a couple of weeks where you just don't want to be as productive and you want to focus on something else, else by improving a, a different aspect of your life and kind of, yeah, juggling all these different um yeah, parts of your life that are important to you. And you just, if you focus on one thing at a time, I think you can see so much more improvement and then, yeah, kind of have then the energy to move on to the next thing that you want to work on. And um, yeah, kind of talking about the whole resting thing, I think um, something that's also really interesting to talk about is kind of the, the play and the having fun and following also... Because I, I feel like um, it's. I don't think it is that like black and white where it's like work and rest and then work and rest and so on. Because there's also this aspect of you know freedom and like doing the things you really enjoy doing, whether that's like music or hanging out with your friends or trying something completely new um, and just having a new experience or go travel or I don't know. There's so many different things, and I think that's also something that has helped me in the past when I had um, creative blocks or where I was in a creative rut and I just decided okay I'm just gonna put the camera down and go paint something or just go have a conversation with a friend I think that's uh yeah I just I I, I think that's a, another really interesting aspect and I would love to hear your thoughts um on the whole play side of things yeah, it's funny. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because I had to stop myself from continuing to go into the next topic, which I was going to bring up play. So I, I'm glad that you're very much on the same page. And I completely agree. I think that we talk about work-life balance, but really life has its own responsibility associated with it in terms of like keeping up with our health, keeping up with our family and our friends. Like There are things that we want to do and that we need to do in order to be, I think, happy and satisfied. But people don't talk enough about that exploration phase of putting yourself in a situation where you can kind of just let yourself be your natural version of who you are and you don't have to think at all. It's not about being productive. It's just pure play. And I think that's interesting, especially when we consider being ch uh, like a child. Children just run around and they play all the time. They don't overthink. They don't have the responsibilities of life to consider. They're not adulting. And they just run around and have fun. And they don't they don't think about things. They just react to who they are naturally. And that natural reaction with the world leads to them having joy. And I think that, unfortunately, a lot of adults kind of forget this fact. We grow up, we think about money, we think about other responsibilities and we lose that ability to let that child out and go and play we kind of put on blinders so that we can focus on this one thing that we need to get done and those blinders kind of give us tunnel vision 
and they just push us forward in a single direction along a single path. But if we took the blinders off and we look to our peripherals a little bit, we shift our perspective, all of a sudden a different path might catch our eye in the moment and we can just go walk and go explore this new area without thinking about it. Something in our subconscious noticed that that path seemed appealing to us and seemed exciting. And we don't necessarily know why it jumped out at us, but if we just continue running along the same path that we've always run on, then we're never going to find out why that other path caught our eye and, and created this sense of excitement and play. So I think that play is a concept that really helps us identify which things we truly want to do because we get out of our head and we are more about reacting to the world in a way that feels more like naturally harmonious or naturally resonant with who we are internally. I think tying back to what you talked about with having your own unique vision and how everyone has this external pressure that kind of stifles their unique vision, it can be really helpful to take that step back and consider that our unique visions are really what make us us. And that as creators, we want to share that self-expression of our unique vision. And, and that's where the true value comes from. So I think that play actually can really help us find what that unique vision is because we might not even have known to go down that path or try that new thing or explore that new place or do something that was outside of our comfort zone if we didn't take the time to let ourselves just be and react and find flow in some some new way of self-expression or experience. Yeah, I really love the way that you you put that. And I think that that's like so often I, I hear people say like, I don't really know what I'm passionate about. And that's like, you know, that like that's the whole point of like what you were just talking about. Like you have to kind of explore different paths to figure out what you like. And in, in that um, yeah process of trying different things and figuring out like, OK, like let's walk down this path and like see how it feels how how do I like it? Do, am I doing this because I want to do it or am I doing it because I feel like I have this voice inside of my head or like the pressure of society that's like you have to be doing this and then really going into this play mode where it's like, you know, I'm just going to run around freely and enjoy whatever I feel like doing. And in that process, you kind of find your unique vision or your passion or the things that you want to do. And I think most of the people don't even allow themselves to go down that path because they, they feel like it's either like scary because it's kind of like an unknown path. You have, you know, you have no idea what's going to happen. Um, and again, yeah, having that pressure and not allowing yourself because you, you feel guilty and yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I'm not saying that like, it's definitely easier said than done to just be like just go explore and like do things because obviously there um there's like different um sorry i lost my trail of thought um like, i don't know different different ways that each person can do it exactly yeah just like different ways that different people will approach it and do it so um yeah i'll 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 give it back to you yeah, yeah, no, I think you're completely right. And 
I think that what ends up being a creative block for people that have already begun exploring their creativity is more of just an overall like passion block to many people for all the reasons that you just listed, where people are scared of putting themselves out there, of going outside their comfort zone, or they feel guilty because they're not going to be productive doing this thing. So what's the point of putting my energy towards this if it can't be productive? And I think it really helps to have a reframing, like you're saying, with play, where you put yourself in a situation where you don't even have the question of fear or you don't even have the question of guilt. These negative emotions don't even pop into your mind because you're not thinking about it. You're just doing. And I think back to what we were talking about with what does it mean to to be who you are and be find that natural resonance with yourself and the world and trying to be better all the time. I think that really the best thing that we can do for ourselves is find a way that we can continuous be continuously be the best version of ourselves in each given moment. And I've been looking at the mindfulness series of being here now and what it means to be present. And I think that play is such a good way to kind of knock me into the present because I'm just so in tune with my senses like sight, uh, hearing, taste, smell, feel. It's, it's very physical and I'm able to just kind of respond to the the world around me as a part of that world instead of something that's separate from it. And finding that connection with reality is such a, a satisfying and really, I think, positive thing for my mental health. But like you were saying, if I don't actually give myself an opportunity to go try these things, I can find myself getting further and further removed from my connection with reality through my particular vision, through my sense of the world, and I can make it hard to notice which areas of my life need more attention. So like we talked about before with the self-reflecting and journaling, it really can help provide an opportunity to have a regular checkpoint with myself to, to check in and say, hey, are there any areas of my life that I feel are starting to get too imbalanced, so I need to pay some attention to it? And what I've recognized more recently is that play is a, a large area that really needs more attention. Because if I don't have that play, everything starts to fall into the work category when I'm doing creative stuff. If everything I'm thinking about is how can I turn this into more followers or more likes or more money, more Ethereum, more NFTs, there's always just like more and more and more. And it's always for the purpose of being productive. But instead, if I allow myself to try something new, like I've been playing around with audio a lot with this podcast, and it's been really nice to just have no expectation and pressure on what I'm trying to put out there. I just kind of sit down at the computer and I have no idea where I'm going to go next. And that's completely fine. I just kind of move things around and try things out until I find a flow. And then all of a sudden an hour or two has gone by and I feel I haven't necessarily accomplished anything concrete but the exploration phase and that research phase and that phase of play is actually providing me the raw material that I need to, when I'm ready to start turning it into something that goes more towards work, I have everything that I need and I've already taken the time to self-reflect. And I guess it's kind of like, uh, I'm imagining that 
if I start doing too many things and not because I want to, because they're like a natural part of myself, but because I feel like I need to, or I should, it's like I have this compass and the needle gets stuck and it's no longer pointing north. It's kind of just spinning all over the place. And I, I'm kind of confused, but if I take the time to play and to recalibrate the compass, I can kind of knock it back into position and find it pointing towards who I truly am. Yeah, absolutely. I really love what you said about um, kind of being present through play. And like that kind of reminded me of a lot of things um, that helped me to be super or hyper-focused in, in the moment, like when I'm hiking or when I'm working out or when I'm having a deep conversation with someone where you go, as you mentioned, into this flow state. And I think like play and flow kind of go um, really well together or I, I wouldn't necessarily say they are the same thing, but they, I guess you can put them in the same category, category. they go hand in hand of like when you do something that is a lot of fun, you often enter into this flow state or most of, most of the time you enter into this flow state where you're just yeah, kind of letting yourself go and just taking the moment for what it is and really being there in the moment. And you don't necessarily realize that you're in the moment until you snap out of the moment, if that makes sense. And I think that can also really help you to to gain that perspective again of being like, oh, this like felt really good. Like I want to do more of this and like explore more of this play or go deeper into this um, flow state. And uh, as you were talking about, kind of seeing what part of my life needs more attention and i think often um yeah that that kind of play is really being um underestimated in our lives i completely agree i am so glad that you're going along the track of flow too it's a concept that i have always been really excited about ever since i first came across it it's kind of funny when I was going through with this audio and looking through the podcast, making that audiogram, one of the first things we talked about in the first episode, uh, flow came up and right away I was just like, I love flow. And it was kind of nice because I felt so passionate about this thing. And it was cool to go back to November and find this thing that I'm still so passionate about. And I think that flow, you're right, it's Play, I think, is a form of flow. That's probably how I would look at it. I think flow can be so many different things, and there's so many different ways that we can find flow. Like you and I are in a flow of conversation right now, and that in itself kind of ends up being this positive boost on my life because I have this connection with you in this place that we're both on the same page, and it's it's kind of like grounding into reality. And it's cool that we can have this dynamic flow back and forth but at the same time, that's a connective flow. Like that's a form of something that involves another person. And I think it's very important to find like self-reflective flow or just self-flow with whatever it is I'm doing. And I think play is a great way to do that. And actually I was talking to one of my friends last week and he was talking about, we were talking about flow. And he was saying that this is why he loved music actually and playing music because by playing music, you don't necessarily have this productive output. It's just you play a note and you hear it and then it fades and it just goes off into the background and you've created this beautiful thing 
but there's no purpose necessarily. It's not like you have to record it or have to share it with someone. It's just you were so in the moment with finding flow by playing music that you end up in this kind of different state of experience. And that just got me thinking a lot more about play too and other other things that we do that we describe as playing versus doing. And just language is such an important aspect of how we view the world. And I think by taking a step back and reflecting on what things do we actually do that we refer to as play, and the more that we can start to self-reflect and identify those playful experiences, the more we can begin to introduce them into our life on a more regular basis, the more we can find flow on a regular basis, and the more, I don't know, naturally connected to the world we are. Yeah, I I really really love that, and I actually there's um there's this there is this quote that I that I heard the other day, um, but I I can't remember exactly what it was, but it it was kind of like the highest form of love is attention, and so if we think about like when we love doing something, um it's because we are paying attention to all the details. Like I think about um, when I am like making a film or I'm taking a photo, I'm paying attention and I'm so in the moment and it kind of all is connected with like, you know, this flow state and the play where you're just like paying attention to the things that are happening around you. And I just love that um, what you said about like the playing versus the doing where the playing feels like like doing feels like something that it feels like it's um almost like you like you do it with with effort but i feel like playing is something that you do effortlessly and um yeah i i i have to i i'll send you the if i find it i'll send you exactly that quote but that was just such a great way of looking at things where you're just like yeah paying attention to things and how that then kind of plays into um, being focused and being into the flow state and just, yeah, love, love, loving that moment and love what you are doing or playing, I guess, in that moment. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a reason that I've been so obsessed with attention over the last couple of years. It's something that I think not enough people consider. I've mentioned that attention spans are reducing to so many people. And the typical response is, oh, yeah, I noticed, but whatever. And I'm always so confused by that because if you can't pay attention to things, like you're saying, how can you love the moment? How can you be present and experience what's actually happening? If your attention is fractured into a thousand little pieces because you're addicted to social media, which I think many people are. I mean, I know I am at, at times. I think I go through phases. Then I notice my attention span slipping. And I notice that life starts to get more confusing and it's harder to stay aligned with what it is that I'm trying to do. It's hard to, to find that, that north point or the, the true star, the north star of where it is that I'm trying to go. And I really love that what you said about doing is effortful and playing is effortless. I think that's right on point. Play is effortless. And I think this is what we've been in pursuit of maybe kind of ironically, uh, the last couple of months when we've been talking about effortless creation and being able to 
just be and have that expression of yourself just being ends up being the things that you are creating that you then can share with other people. And the more we have to do to box that or package that creation into formats for other people, the more effort it takes to put into that creation process and the more drained we get by doing it. So instead, it's really helpful to take a step back and think, okay, how can I have this creation and the sharing process be an effortless element of who I already am, as opposed to who I want to be and how I want to come across to other people. And I think the more we can figure out ways to play with creation, the more satisfied and content we'll be with life and the the more effortless the creation process will be. And just back to your point on paying attention and the highest form of love is attention. I really like that quote. That's that's lovely. And I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about too, how self-reflecting and writing things down, taking the time to journal about your experiences, it's like you're turning your attention inwards. And by turning your attention inwards, you're showing yourself self-love. And I think that is a really, really important part of life that a lot of people, myself included, can forget. And it's really easy to get caught up in projecting our attention elsewhere and not taking the time to turn it inwards and show ourselves some love. And I think by showing ourselves more love, we're able to then kind of align that compass again. And it really helps recharge and rejuvenate and give us some rest. And by resting, then we have more energy to play. And by playing more, we have more energy to put into the effortful things. So it ends up bringing everything back into harmony. Yeah, absolutely. I honestly, I really, really love how you how you summed that up. And I think like kind of uh, going back to this, like paying attention, I feel like so many people don't even consider or like think about like um think think about deeply like what is this feeling of like flow or the play and i think exactly when you start reflecting on those kind of feelings that are not so tangible um but it's more some something that you have to experience when you pay more attention to those moments you better understand how you feel in that moment and that will just enhance your whole experience so i feel like it's just a cycle of yeah it's just a a cycle that it, it kind of everything affects everything and i i yeah i just think that's kind of one of the reasons why we are able to have these conversations so deeply because we both um love paying attention to these feelings and kind of expressing how we feel about them and kind of exchanging this and i think that's something really valuable when you can have that conversation with someone or you find someone who is on that same wavelength where it's like oh I thought about this feeling and this made me feel that way and then you kind of talk about it um, with someone else and they kind of help you to shift your perspective into looking at things in a way that you maybe have never thought of and so yeah bless technology that we can have these this conversation right now because I think this is something really really productive yeah, exactly. And it's productive in a way that is effortless. And it's, I think, a form of play too. 
Like you have such a, an interesting and unique perspective on the world uh, all the way over in the Dolomites. And I mean, now I'm in Colombia, but I'm typically in Toronto. And it's just even where you are, it gives you a different perspective on things. So you're right. It's, it's so cool to be able to resonate with someone across an ocean. Like that's, that's an incredible experience that we have in modern reality. I think as artists too, this is such a great way that we are able to connect with people anywhere in the world and find not only our 1000 true fans, like we've talked about, the people that introduce economics, but also our 1000 true friends, which are the people that we resonate with anywhere in the world. And I'm personally so excited that I have gotten more into this over the last year or so. And I, given how much it's impacted my life in one year, I can't imagine how it's going to continue impacting it for the rest of my life. And I guess just on your one note too, about being on the same wavelength. I mean, I love that. This is also, I've been looking into audio a lot and I've been looking at waveforms, right? Like waveforms are kind of natural uh, resonance with the world. And there's a concept in physics and uh, harmonics, actually, that's called natural resonance. And this is where everything has, okay, as an example, you know, like on a, a crystal glass, how if you put a bit of water or wine on it and you run your finger around the rim, it starts to sing and you get this singing crystal sound. That's something that comes as a result of natural resonance, where the crystal itself has a, a pure vibration uh, wavelength, effectively, that if you can hit that, that sound, if you can hit that harmony with causing it to vibrate, it goes from making no sound at all to completely singing and making a much larger wavelength than if it wasn't at that point. So I think when we're trying to find flow, I personally am always trying to find this natural resonance with the world where if I'm just moving through it and trying to be productive, there's no sound, there's no singing. But if I can find that flow and I can hit that proper harmony, all of a sudden, it's not like there's a little bit of music, there's a large amount of really loud music. And I think it's so cool that you can do this not only by yourself and interacting with the world and exploring and playing, but also finding that natural resonance with other people. Yeah, wow. I I really love that. That's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's such a, a cool way to put it. I actually never uh, thought about it in that way. And yeah, kind of creating these harmonies with like the play and like, I don't know. It just comes back to this this concept, how everything is connected. And if you just pay attention, you can really notice things and just understand life better. And um, yeah, I, I just thought um, if anyone wants to come up and uh, join the conversation. Um, otherwise, yeah, I, I feel like I'm, I'm really happy with how this uh, this uh, space went today. And yeah, so many great insights. Yeah, yeah, me too. So if anyone wants to come up, please request, feel free. And yeah, okay, cool, AJ. Here we go. And I guess just to sum it up before I pass it over, oh, he's connecting. One moment. So just, just to sum it up before passing it over to AJ, I really like what you said there too, Julia, about how everything is connected. And I think this is why I've been so interested in mindfulness over the last couple of years. I think by taking time to be mindful and be still 
and find that period of rest, I'm better able to make those connections, not only with the world around me, not only in my own mind, but also the way that I fit in to everything else and connect with everyone else and reality as a whole. So I think really by taking this time to be mindful, it then inspires self-reflection and that self-reflection can help indicate where you need to rest and where you need to pay attention to. And the more you're able to do that, the easier it is to find play and to have the energy to find play. And the more you play, the more you find out what you actually want to do. And the more you find these things that you actually want to do, the more effortless doing becomes and it ends up kind of becoming a form of play. And you end up then having this really nice cycle between reflecting on what you enjoy playing and to the point that you end up just doing it naturally and it, everything becomes play on its own. And I think that's typically referred to in mindfulness as transcendence. And it's kind of reaching this next state of everything just being in harmony. So yeah, AJ, would love to hear your thoughts, especially as a musician. I know we've talked on a lot of topics that are right up your alley. How are you doing? Yo, good morning. Good morning, Callum. Uh, Julie, it's great to hear from you guys. I've been loving all the insight that you guys have been sharing. Uh, I like I like tuning in in the mornings because as you can tell, you know, the grind doesn't stop. TGIF, the grinding is Friday. This is a good one for some of y'all. Phoebe, hopefully. But um, I really like what you just said about transcendence. I mean, there were so many things, Caleb, that, like, you brought up. Like, you just talked about the wavelength and, like, me visualizing that. Like, wow, that makes so much sense. But I feel like transcendence, like, does happen. Like, when you have all these things, when you really have mindfulness. And, I mean, like, I also just want to point out that, like, there's so many things that you guys talk about like as creatives um that like really uh resonate with me like personally you know like uh the mindfulness the wellness you know finding that like work-life balance um no uh yeah this uh as as far as like uh taking play and like balancing that out i found that really important for me to do just because um life can be so hyper stimulating uh Callum mentioned like a while ago about how um we consume we have consumed way we consume way more daily than like people in like the 50 hunters consume their lifetime something along those lines and that really stuck with me but that makes a lot of sense because um all these social media feeds are information highways um and you know because they because they're not humans because uh their algorithms because you know their platforms uh they, they don't run off of emotion or you know fatigue or anything like that that like they'll just keep putting stuff out you know what i mean like every time i open my phone like just and who to look at it it's like that and it's great to have that like information on tap but at the same time like where is that balance to where you can like step back from the world and be like all right it's time to go outside you know what i mean uh it's time to like get some sunlight kind of like you right now where I was started parking during the day, like the house, and I'm like, all right, it's time to get out, time to get some coffee. Just like having that awareness, self to be like, yeah, like let's let's do something like for me now, like let let's uh instead of unplugging, um, and unplug from the world. But yeah, I, I wanted to kind of bring some of those uh uh factoids back because like I felt that that really put into perspective like what we're talking about, which is. I, which in my opinion is uh, finding that balance. Right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts. I completely agree. And I actually really love that one of the first things you mentioned was wellness. And I think that's such a good way to summarize a lot of what we've been talking about with both rest and self-reflection. I think those two things together kind of form wellness. So that, that was a good way to, to frame it. And I think, yeah, you're right. It, it all comes back down to that awareness. And even how you mentioned, you recognize, okay, I need to get into the grind, but I'm feeling a bit, I don't know, claustrophobic or uptight or whatever the feeling is. Something, it feels a little off. Something is out of harmony. So then you recognize that you need to go outside and go walk around and get some sun. And that ability to recognize that, kind of like what Julia was talking about, being able to process these intangible emotions where something might feel a little off or discordant and then you're able to recognize oh okay it's probably because i need some sun it's probably because i need some water it's probably because i need to exercise the more we can introduce this reflection and awareness and mindfulness into finding forms of wellness and play the more we're able to maintain the stability across all of these different areas in our life and I think that, yeah, like the, the transcendence aspect, this is really where it's going. If you're able to maintain the, the harmony, the balance between the play, the work, the rest, or the wellness, then you're able to kind of continuously build on top of this vision of yourself and go towards where you imagine your future self to be. And actually, kind of on that note, we are moving away from what's been called the information age. This is the age of algorithms and the age of constant overload of information. And we've been moving into what's been coined the imagination age. And I think that also really kind of summarizes what we've been talking about a lot, where if we are able to put ourselves in a state of play, that helps fuel our imagination. And it kind of helps us come into alignment with what our dreams are and what they could be in the future. So I'm really excited to continue getting into this more and figure out how we can accelerate the imagination age as much as possible, get away from machines as people, like they've been treated in the algorithm, and viewing them more as tools that help people connect and find that natural harmony to build their dreams together. Yeah, no, definitely. And I'm so glad you said that tool thing, because I know that's something that we messaged about, uh, and I, I found that like on a tweet from a couple of years ago and just, uh, to kind of like, basically the, uh, the quote was something along the lines of seeing stuff as a tool. Um, and I like would replace social media, like technology, uh, or AI, uh, or whatever the case may be, uh, like as far as tech is concerned, because, um, the yes, this, um, yes, this is real life. Like we're interacting in real time on spaces together. Uh, but as far as like the platform and the beans, everything, you know, like that's not everything there is to life. You know, like, um, I tell, I tell people like my life is still lit when I log off because like, it's true. I take the time to like put that effort into be like, okay, you know, uh, Twitter can connect me and Callum, Twitter can connect me, uh, Julia Taylor, but, uh, Oh, sorry. I think you're kind of uh, The last thing I heard was you uh, can use Twitter as a tool to connect us together with like me and you and you and Julia and you and Taylor.
Now, what's happening? Hey, yes, Julia, do you have anything to add? Maybe in that nature, you can try speaking again. No, I, yeah. I mean, uh, it's really always great to, to hear your insights, AJ. And I feel like it's, it's cool that you, um, come up, uh, like often at the, at the end of our, um, at the end of our spaces and, and kind of add that last bit of wisdom or like kind of your perspective. And I, I think it also kind of helps us to, to see like what resonates with, with you and like kind of what sticks, um, sticks with you. And I think that's always like a, a cool thing for us to be like, um, to, I guess, reflect on, on what we kind of talked about and, and just see like, um, like I also, also really loved like you bringing up like different words or like different, um, ways to, to explain the things that we were just talking about and summarizing it in a kind of like from a different perspective, like obviously from your unique perspective and maybe that can help someone else to maybe even get a better understanding of what we're talking about or just connecting with that in a different way. So I, I really appreciate that. And also, um, you, you said the word, um, unplugging. And I think that's also a really great word, um, because it's literally like, like, yeah, unplugging from, from like technology and then going back to this reflecting stage and stage and being like, I'm here with myself and this tool, um, of like me as a person, my mind and, and like, what can I do with this when I don't have my phone? And like, how can I make my life um, exciting and, and fun for myself? And like, just like, yeah, I, I really love that you brought that up. And yeah, I hope you can, I hope we can hear you. And uh, yeah, I hope that Twitter doesn't play with us again. Yeah, my bad. I didn't, I was not planning. Am I coming in? Because uh, I think Twitter was broken because I'm on the road. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, listen to it. I really appreciate you saying that uh, because, like, that's kind of just the energy I do want to bring, like, whenever I hear conversations like this. Uh, and uh, really just to uh, to kind of, like, dig deeper with what the topics are being said because I feel like that's what you guys are doing. Uh, but what I was saying earlier before I got cut off was about humanizing the brain, right? Uh, so like for the people who are listening, I'll obviously like, uh, in real life, I go by AJ and I've talked about this in previous spaces, like with you guys and other spaces as well, but the brand that I have is, and I thought it was for me, like humanizing the brand, like really so important back to the point that I made before, because like I said, Twitter and technology for me, like it enhances things, but I don't think like it can become the main bank. Because we as humans, we thrive off of connection, right? We like, uh, before I found Callum um, and Julia, you know, like they were just PFPs, you know, like, and not saying that you guys are just PFPs, but until I was able to actually interact with you guys like on spaces and realize like, wow, like these guys have a lot of really uh, uh, insightful things to talk about. And that resonates with me because like, I want to talk about deep stuff and I'm not a big small talk person. Um, to begin with so i'm not gonna sit here and just you know oh how's the weather you know like i'll just circle your app bro <laughs> uh anyways like 
I think my point is to that point, like humanizing the brand, I think is so important in this tech driven age where and we have the use of imagination and AI and we have these opportunities to go above and beyond and augment our reality um, and step into virtual reality and things like that. And into the metaverse and all these new things that are upon us. Right. But like the humans that are making that, like, you know, who are they like, well, like what is their day to day lives? Like how can we connect with them? Uh, you know, like Julia's all the way in Italy, Callum's in Canada, I'm in New York. Like, you know, like, um, but we're, we're all making it work like times all wise, otherwise just stay here and just like be real for a second. Um, and I feel like for every, you know, 10% of that, there's like 90% of just noise. Like I said earlier about like, there's so much noise that happens on a regular basis. Um, and I feel like cutting through the noise, finding the value that means the most to you, holding on to that, never letting go, making it the North star cutting out all the other yes you know like that i feel like that's really important um and then like at the end of all of that you know find giving yourself grace to you know uh find some time to like uh chill and work play like i know julia's been posting a lot about you know finding that balance and like dealing with like what she deals with her unique journey uh and like i just i appreciate that because like i feel like um that's way more relatable than somebody just tweeting gm you know and I'm not, I'm not trying to be mean or anything like that. I just feel like when it comes to my point of humanizing the brand, I feel like that's exactly what I'm talking about. And I'll always look for Julia's post because, um, because this is somebody that I've talked with, like you know, in real time, like right now, um, uh, and I can appreciate her perspective and her artistry and what she does. Percy, same thing for Cal. Yeah, yeah, really well. Oh, go for it, Julia. Yeah, thank you, AJ. I I really appreciate that. And um, yeah, it's it's like I I don't really feel like um, yeah, just like the last few few weeks as well. Like I didn't always feel like posting something, and then there's just like one day where it's like, okay, it's like time to share something again. Maybe it helps someone, but it's like the intent is never to like um, be like. I, I just have to post because I have to post, but it's more like I'm just going to post if I feel like it. And I know now we're kind of going down a completely different tangent, but I just wanted to say like uh, we, what you said about like connecting with people and like finding, even if it's just like a little thing that you can relate to with the other person um, or not even relate to, but maybe sometimes it's even just like appreciating that someone shares something vulnerable. And like, I really appreciate that when I see that. And I know that Callum has been doing um, like the daily meditation journals and like kind of um, reflecting on that, which is such a a great way for him as well to keep himself accountable. And I, I really uh, admire him for doing that and just being having that discipline to share that because I know that I don't feel like I want to share um, everything that I'm going through all the time. Um, but I really admire that Kyle is kind of taking that, um, yeah, the the accountability part of it and and just kind of, I know that he does it for himself. Um, so I, I really, really like that. Yeah, I think both of you guys are just doing what works for you. Like, if, like, Callum, yeah, he definitely has been putting in work in the daily threads. Uh, it's very quality writing, and I appreciate that. But then, like, there's you who, like, if place to just be like, all right, now I'm in this space that's, you know what I mean? Like, 
last week I took, um, and this week I took time off the spaces just for like personal stuff that like stemmed from last week. And, you know, like it was cool because at the end of the day, I know I could pull up to spaces anytime like this one or other ones that I've found with communities that I really appreciate. And they're not going to, not going to get on my ass about like, oh, you haven't posted speak or whatever, or they do ask about it. It's coming from a place of real concern and empathy, which I feel like really matters. Uh, and like, I mean, I don't, I don't want to tell this, but I know that there's just, again, for a lot of, for the little of that, there's just so much more noise where you know, people are less concerned about how you actually are as a human. Uh, and they just want to, you know, they just want to take advantage of and any way you perform. So um, I just want to give you your flowers for that, uh, for showing up. Um, it takes effort for any and all of us to show up on some level. So, you know, the fact that you do it in spite of like, you know, the journey that you are walking, uh, I'm just glad to be a part of that journey. Uh, so I know Callum has something to say too. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, both of you, I really appreciate your appreciation and yeah, Julia, you're completely right that it is an accountability thing for me. It's something where I know that I want to share this stuff, but I want it to come from a place where I'm reflecting on what it means for me first. And this is part of what I've been doing is taking a step back from social media and only sharing things that are a natural aspect of my day. So for me, I was listening to these mindfulness, mindfulness uh, sessions in the morning. And I would sit down and journal about it and just write out a little thread for myself effectively. And then I thought, oh, well, I might as well do this in a way that I can share with other people, like you were saying, and hopefully help at least one person. And that would just be awesome. And that thought actually is what helps me maintain that discipline too. It kind of becomes almost a form of co-creation where I'm creating this thing to share with other people to have them keep me accountable so that I can share with other people. And it's this really uh, like positive paradox back and forth. And when I started looking at things that way, instead of just sharing it to try and get engagement, uh, everything just felt so much more natural and wholesome. And I think for me too, it's because like as I'm building these threads, I'm creating a library really of resources for not just other people, but when I can go back and be like, oh, I'm feeling anxious, which one of these threads helped me before with anxiety? I can go back and find exactly what spoke to me at that time and hopefully it will help me again because it already helped me before so it's kind of uh, yeah I, I don't know exactly how to phrase it but it, it's a good way for me to create like a, a bank of resources for myself that can also be shared with other people and that's kind of what i've been trying to do with nfts too a lot of what we've talked about today are is my genesis collection it's uh, awe reflection and physelic or uh, like family and comfort. And it's kind of about the concepts of going out and seeking awe and then reflecting on that awe and then finding a way to fit that awe back into your natural life with your friends and your family and your connectedness. So I've really been trying to summarize all of these massive topics like you were talking about, Julia, in a way that everything can be kind of connected together. So yeah, I really appreciate hearing your thoughts. And AJ, I really liked what you were saying too about humanizing the brand. And how I actually laughed uh, when you're like, oh, yeah, we were just PFPs before. It, but I mean, it's true, right? Like you, you see these uh, little circles on the internet. What does that mean? And yeah, you can see their writing, but a lot of people, and again, it's not a bad thing necessarily, but the writing aspect, this like for adding the verbal communication to the nonverbal art is a really nice pairing to show the human behind the brand. 
and art can do that on its own, of course. But there's something more when you can see a consistent like voice that's shared alongside with the art. Again, not saying that either of those things are bad on their own, but I personally get more value out of it when I can see and hear both, which is partially why I'm so interested in story and so interested in doing this space and having this podcast and creating a an opportunity where people can have that genuine connection to share their voice, their perspective on the world. And AJ, to also your point on augmenting reality, I, I'm with you 100%. I've been actually researching this a lot and I've been giving presentations on the metaverse and uh, just like really diving deep into a lot of elements on it. So we can maybe have that as a, a separate space at some point and I can update people. But I really think that we have all of these tools at our at our disposal and a lot of them are just not quite there when it comes to human connection and we end up having a lot of uh, like algorithmic interactions with people that are asynchronous right like it's not times to where we can have like you were saying this moment in time where the three of us are here chatting now and taylor and uh, tachera are sitting here listening and just being a part of the conversation it's cool that we can sync up and have this moment of shared reality. And I think when we get into virtual reality, we'll start to get into more interesting elements of that too, where you can actually, you can't see, but I've been walking around and moving my hands and just like, I'm doing all these things that are just other elements of my form of communication that you don't necessarily get to pick up on. And not that I have to share these things, but if I want to in the future, we'll be able to, and that'll just deepen the connections we can have. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I've been really enjoying talking to you guys. And um, no, I I just, um, yeah, I think we'll have to re- uh, wrap up because I have to get going. But uh, no, I just want to say thank you, uh, everyone, for their, yeah, for listening and AJ for your insights and Carl for, for hosting with me. I think this has been probably one of my favorite spaces we've, done so far i just really really enjoyed the flow of the conversation and like kind of yeah it just felt like such a effortless way of communicating and i feel like most spaces are but i think today just felt really special and some so many things that i resonated with and will definitely yeah have an impact on the way that i um yeah just show up in 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 my life so thank you really appreciate it you guys are doing great Thank you for, you know, creating the space. Thank you for being you. I mean, that's, that's really what it comes out of authenticity. So thanks for being you. Yeah. Thanks, AJ. I, again, like echoing Julia's thoughts, really appreciate your insight here. It really does help a lot to summarize what we've talked about and kind of condense things and distill it down into what actually jumps out at people as being helpful. So yeah, I really appreciate your insight. And Julia, I'm so glad to hear that. I felt 100% the same way. It's something that I've been thinking about a lot, and I actually kind of wonder if part of the reason the space was so good is because we've spent a lot of time self-reflecting over the last week about all of these important topics. I think the more we can kind of reflect on what works and what doesn't work, and not just with the space, but with our lives generally, then the higher the quality of output there is because we kind of just are more aligned with our natural selves and what we want to do. So. I'm excited to go back through the the transcript of the podcast and we can 
kind of note the things that really jump out at us as being excellent that really stimulated a conversation in a way that we all found so beneficial because I, I really love it too. It's I really appreciate hearing both of your thoughts and connecting me with my reality and sharing it with yours a little bit. It's uh, yeah, it's really humbling, but also really great for my mental health too. So uh, yeah, thank you both for everything. And thanks to Chero and Taylor for listening. And I guess we will, I'm not sure if we'll have a space next week or not. I need to talk to Julia about that because I know she's traveling. So we might end up switching up the days or something, but I look forward to seeing everyone at the next episode of The Bigger Picture. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye, everyone.